What's up, guys? Welcome back to Sitting Courtside, episode four. You know, it's your boy Jerry D here. It's your boy Dante. You know, we got another fun, jam-packed episode. Well, really, it's not really so much jam-packed. We're actually focusing on one man in particular and their organization. Who could that be? Who could that be? Who? Who? Before we really get into that, though, man, I just got to shout out the Hall of Famers that went in this past weekend. You know, Dwayne Wade, Tony Parker, Greg Popovich, Dirk. Like One of them. One of the best classes ever, honestly. It's got legendary. Be, you know, last year was pretty good with like Kobe, KG, and Tim and stuff like that. Right. That one was also dope, but this one's like probably sticks with you know the the late '90s kids like ourselves with some of these big time stars that are going in. So grew up on these guys, man. Like once I started watching basketball, these guys were at the top of their games. Kind of watched them from start to begin, uh, start to end. Um, yep. And just being able to watch it back and just I, – I, one of my favorite things, obviously, about it is just hearing their speeches and stuff like that and hearing the people they shout out, hearing, like, the different stories. They tell Dwayne Wade shouting out his dad, having his dad stand up, giving AI some love, man. That was that was a highlight for me. So congratulations to all the legends that got inducted. Very, very well-deserved. Yeah, you know, I had to go to rip, rip my Spurs shirt. I think this is the only, <laughs> only random San Antonio Spurs that I have. So, you know, it's like, you know what? Shout out to TP, Becky yes. Hammond, and, and Pop, man. Like, well-deserved, but... Yes, cold. sir. And I'm repping Dreamville today. I'm repping uh, North Carolina. Your boy's down in NC. I got you, Jerry. Hey, I appreciate you, man. <laughs> but now, you know, getting getting right into this thing, though, it's it's been a crazy weekend because James Harden is actually in China, you know, promote, yeah. promoting his shoe, promoting his brand, and... The news that pretty much swept us by storm ever since Saturday night has been that he called Daryl Moy a liar <laughs> twice. Yeah, he, twice. he made sure he emphasized what he said. He said he, he, he said he said, said, said Daryl Moy is a liar and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. Let me say that again. Daryl Murray is a liar and I will never be a part of an organization that he's a part of. I I woke up. That was the first thing I saw when I woke up on Twitter the next morning. People like that's something that you would see and think like, oh, that's that's a fake quote. That's like an AI generated video or some shit like that. You got butt crack. You you got ball sack. You know, I'm thinking I'm thinking it's one of those like set satirical brands that we're just kind of thinking, oh, yeah, whatever. BS. I don't care. But no, No. he really said this. Like this this is really him. Bro, I. It's a crazy situation because it's like, as crazy it is that he came out and said this, people also aren't surprised that James Harden willingly came out and did this because he has a he has a history of doing some stuff to get out of some organization. So I I know I, I feel that, but this this one feels different to me. This is no. different. This before, is different. Before we actually give our full blown takes and opinions on this, you know, just to throw out some numbers. He took a pay cut in the summer of 2022, which is last year, obviously, where he could have made probably something north of $39 million. Mm-hmm. Instead, you know, he opted not to take as much money, wanted just to go in and be a team-friendly player so they could add key free agents, key pieces that summer, whatever it may be. So that's one thing. But now the whole stigma is Harden won't come to camp. Daryl Morey still doesn't really want to trade him. He's not. He was unfazed. He's, he's not moved was the word or something like that. Yeah, he's not rushed. So, just what are your general thoughts on this? And like, it, I, I get it from both perspectives because it's like 
you know, we talk about players and, you know, how they, you know, players are privileged in the sense where like, you know, they can ask out of deals and they can kind of threaten organizations sitting out doing this and that holdouts, whatever it may be. Um, but you also have to kind of look at it from the player's perspective, because if it is true, because last year, like you said, Harden took a pay cut and there was this whole thing that he is going to sign a two year deal this off season, this and that. If there was a spoken, like there was an, some sort of agreement behind the scenes, like handshake agreement, whatever it was, and Daryl Murray did go behind like Harden's back and just, you know, that didn't fulfill his wish, his promise, then you kind of have to, uh, you have to kind of understand where the player is coming from. And again, like, I think if it was anyone but James Harden, I think this may have been and it, this may be in a different light because let's look back, like I mentioned earlier with Harden's, Harden's, um, you know, tactics that he's pulled in the past, the Rockets, he wanted out and what he wanted this like tour with like going to all these nightclubs and stuff like that. He wasn't showing up to training camp, this and serious. that. He wanted he, out. Like He, just he wanted out. out. It was so clear he wanted out. And then he gets to Brooklyn or no, then he starts wearing the fat suit. And stuff like that in Houston, starts, or or whatever. People say it's a fast. Who knows what it was? Maybe he gained a few pounds, but he went to Brooklyn. He he looked a lot skinnier. But then he gets to Brooklyn, and then all of a sudden he's having this this hamstring injury. And you know, one second you're here, he's good to go, and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, he's just like not showing up. He's not playing. Um, I think one of the most memorable. Uh, conversations one of the most memorable things from that i remember is you remember when um they, i think they still do it but they did the all-star draft on nba on tnt yeah. it was lebron yeah. and kd yeah. and he, uh lebron was like is hard in playing is hard in playing and uh barkley was like he just got traded like he'll be playing stuff like that like he'll be good to go next uh, tomorrow or whatever it was go to kd in the drafting Yes, yes, exactly. And, and both they, they both knew. They were both laughing. They both knew. Um, but, like, Harden has a history of pulling off stuff like this. So I think because of that, people are kind of negatively looking at Harden, saying, like, oh, this is something that he does all the time. But, again, you have to understand if there was a spoken – if there was agreement and Murray went, you know, just lied to him about it all – you have to get where Harden's coming from. So until the full details come out, I really can't pick a side. Like I, cause we just don't know the full details, but if I had to pick right now, like I think I would, I would understand where Harden's coming from. I think at this moment in time, I would kind of have to side with Harden, maybe not yeah. side with them, but you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I got you. I mean, honestly, we're on the same side on this. I think, I think it's pretty clear that the two had a great relationship you know, for years since more than when they traded for, for dude, the record. I'll, I'm going to see if I'm going to research. You keep talking. I'm going to research their record together because I saw the statistic online and it's insane how successful they are together. It's a lot of 50 win seasons. It's a lot of decently, you know, decent playoff runs, second round exits or Western Conference finals or whatever it may be. Harden won an MVP there, scoring titles. Pretty much Harden became Harden, prime mm-hmm. Harden, the, the one that we – or like we all consider a top four, top five shooting guard of all time in Houston, where he actually got to be who James Harden is, the 30-plus, 10 assists, six to eight rebounds, a triple-double oh, yeah. on a nightly basis. Daryl Morey is the reason why James Harden kind of became that. So their relationship was great. And then Daryl Morey gets to Philadelphia. You know what? Why not trade for a guy that I did see a lot of regular season success with, and it is monsooning outside, apparently. So sorry. I can hear that. <laughs> it's all, all good. 
But uh, yeah, nah, you know, it's just it was a matter of Darren Morey trading for his guy. He literally, I remember the video when James Harden got off the plane from Brooklyn to Philly. They dapped up something yeah. good to have you back or something yeah. like that. You know? Oh so yeah. I definitely. So, go for it. I found this. Uh, I found this tweet. So they played ten seasons together. He played ten seasons under uh, Daryl Murray. He averaged twenty nine points, six rebounds, eight assists, nine time All Star, seven time All NBA, three time scoring leader, two time assist leader, and MVP in fifty five playoff wins. Nothing that, but success. <laughs> nothing but success. Like yeah. I, it's it's kind of crazy how quickly things flipped upside down on here because that is like a match made in heaven. It really is. But, you know, it's like you said, like, I, I think we could all kind of assume with the rest of Twitter and social media that there definitely had to be some type of unspoken agreement. Definitely. Of, hey, I'm about to take this pay cut and yikes. <laughs> I'm about to take this pay cut. And, and you know, we're going to go ahead and you're going to pay me next year. You're going to give right. me close to a max a $200 million deal next year. I definitely think that was it. But, honestly, I just need to close by saying – James Harden could have got his money back in Brooklyn. He could have yeah. took a nice deal. James Harden yeah. could have got his money back in Houston. Now, you know, with Houston, I understand the team. You kind of figured that we're stuck in neutral. We're not really going to win anything with the guys. And you got me John Wall the summer before I left. <laughs> it's not exactly – no no disrespect Wall, man. I'm no disrespect. Him. No disrespect. You know, it's just, it is what it is. He gets to Brooklyn. You're playing with two other – of the all-time great offensive talents that the league has ever seen. Right. Being Kyrie, it just needed a little bit of patience. But it was a toxic situation, but I get it. But Brooklyn did offer him a max deal that he didn't take. Right. So now that he's not getting his money, is really all his fault. But I get yeah. it. He wanted to bet on himself, and he didn't really want to be in Brooklyn. His first and, always and, and I think and I think him turning down taking the pay cut last season, it's obvious like, you know, he wanted the team to have as much money as possible to spend, yeah. you know, on a winning team. And you have to admire that. You have to respect that he wants to do it. But at the but same time that called him selfish. Like James Harden did an unselfish thing, right? There. He did. He very much did. And it's like, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I mean he knows better than anyone. He's in the league. It's a yeah. business. Like a spoken agreement doesn't mean shit unless it's written down on paper like again like is it a shitty thing if murray like uh murray lied to him and all this stuff absolutely and i think that ruins his reputation and i think this is something that could affect uh the sixers in the future as far as like getting free agents and stuff like that because this you know is not a great look whatsoever but um you know Again, it's a business. Like Harden has to understand, like just because something is said one year doesn't mean it's going to stand the next year. As much as you can trust a guy, if you could take your money when you could take your money, you have to, you know, also be a little selfish and understand that, you know, the money might be here now, might not be there next year. So, and you know, it's not even really so much of the money. I like, I, I don't think it's all just the money not being there. Right, I think it's more so just Daryl Morey, and you know, the rest of the stigma from NBA fans is that. James Harden is washed. James Harden, yep. Harden is over the hill. James Harden led the league in assists last he year. He led the league in assists last year. And yeah, that was 20 exactly. points a game. Uh -huh. Like, if, if that's washed, damn, I, I wish I was washed. If this <laughs> average 20 and 10 in a bad, in a bad <laughs> season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you let me know. And plus, we could also credit him for being part of the reason why Joel Embiid won an MVP last year. Sure. You know, like sure. you, get, you get a superstar teammate, a, a MVP caliber teammate. Yeah, he might be a little past that version of himself, but 
in terms of being a playmaker and distributor, he's one of the best in the league, right? Yeah, easily. He always has been, to be honest with you. I think being in Philly, he was just able to, you know, he switched his game up, obviously. He went from averaging 30-plus points a game to 10-plus assists a game. So he just kind of had to change his game around. And it and it worked. You know, it worked in Philly last year. Obviously, they didn't – they you know, did make it past the second round, which is, you know, a clockwork for them at this point over the last few years. But it is insane, the situation going on there. It's very, It'll be very um, interesting to see what happens next because now there's a whole Harden's going to make things uncomfortable in Philly. He's going to hold out in training camp. He's going to be doing this and that. The one question I think I, I want to talk about next is, one, do you think this is going to get resolved by by any means? And two, if it doesn't get resolved, where is he going? Because obviously Murray isn't – if he could have traded him by now, I think he would have. Um, there obviously isn't that big of a market for him now. And after all of this, I can't imagine it's going to be much better. So, Yeah, you know, I, I just think – you know, to, to quote to quote Ludacris here, you know, <laughs> the whole take that and wind it back type of situation. <laughs> like, I'm really, I'm really thinking that Daryl Morey knows, like it's telling James Harden, like, Slow your roll. Because guess what? Mm -hmm. I'm your boss. I hold all the cards. If I don't want to trade you, I don't have to. It's just like what we're seeing in Portland with Damian Lillard. They don't have to move Dame. You want to leave, we get Dame wants to get moved, but that doesn't mean they want to move him. Nope, because we want the most that we can get off of you. Mm -hmm. You are a superstar caliber player in James Harden. You are a multi-time all-star, a former MVP, and all those other things that you named about successful seasons. Yeah, and even and they're Brooklyn. not they're not going to trade him for Terrence Mann and Marcus Morris. Let me tell you, no. not happening, not happening. And Daryl nope. Moore already has a track record of not moving stars, despite what the pressure might be, because he did the same right. thing with Ben Simmons, who also yeah. wanted out of Philadelphia, and he sat with Ben Simmons until James Harden became available. Mm-hmm. And then he flipped him and he did his deal. Like Daryl Morey, as as shitty of a <laughs> morality type of cover. <laughs> That he might have after, if it was a handshake agreement or a verbal agreement or whatever, like, he still is a successful GM for all the teams that he did put together in Houston, and even the one that he put in Philadelphia. Because on paper, James Harden, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, and Tobias Harris look like a great fucking team. One of the best teams in the East. Like One of the best teams in the East, easily. I'm, and I'm with you. Like, I... I just can't see – I can't envision him getting traded anywhere simply because I don't know where he's going to get traded and what – like, if there, I don't think there's a good package in return for him. I don't think Daryl is going to go out there and trade Penny – like, trade him for pennies. That, like you said, like, he has a history of, you know, not trading these star players until, you know, one becomes available or a trade that makes sense. I don't know if that's going to happen here, um, especially after all this stuff is coming out. I just – I can't envision it. And at the end of the day, like – Harden's in a great situation in Philly. Like, his teammate just won the MVP. He just led the league in assists. He has this up-and-coming guard that can give you 25 a night, like, honestly. And then Tobias Harris, who's also a 20-point-per-game-proven 20 score. There, He's in a great situation. If he wants to win, you know, put all this BS aside. If he wants to win, Philly's the place for him. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, Daryl has, you know, he has all the power. So Harden – and I think I, I read somewhere – there's something in the contract or whatever that if, you know, Harden doesn't play or doesn't show up, then he can't, like, go anywhere else. So he can get fi- – like, all these things can happen. So yeah. something's got to give. Something's got to give. You know, our last closing point before we do move on to our next Sixer-related topic here yeah. is that 
I think the best star that I've seen handle like a trade demand or just wanting to force his way out of a city or from an organization has actually been Anthony Davis, who told New Orleans, yo, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, come come at the end of free agency. We come towards offseason when we're out of here. I'm going to seek to play elsewhere. Right. So what, what did New Orleans do? They let him know, okay, like, we, we hear you. AD didn't sit out. AD didn't come to training camp in a fat suit. He yep. didn't sabotage his value at all. <laughs> he did. He did wear that shirt. Uh, that's all, folks. Yeah. He did wear that shirt. Yeah. That was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. It was. That was funny. Yeah, it was definitely funny. But you know, he still played, and then he right. came down right. to where I think the then GM that made that deal. I don't think uh, David Griffin was Indian. I think it was still Dell Demps. Nah, maybe it was David Griffin. Maybe it was David. Griffin. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not too sure. Either way, they load managed AD. You know, they played him about 20 minutes a night, give or take. When yep. and then he would have crazy stats in the beginning of the game. And then they just sat on him until, like, oh, okay, the Lakers are ready. Like, okay, we're going to give you Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, not Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and Lonzo. You know, what hell right. of a package. And, you know, to this day, obviously, New Orleans still has Brandon Ingram. The other two are gone, but still, like, it was a good, good, well-thought-out trade on New Orleans' right. part. It was. Get a, get a bunch of young talent. And let AD just kind of chill. AD is probably really has a lot of integrity to just kind of sit there and like, they didn't trade me yet. But you know what? I like to hoop. I like to play basketball. Yeah. I'm more important to camp. I'm going to still be a professional about this. He handled I, it very professionally. He did. A guy like Dame, a guy like James Harden, like, I think they should still go out and play. You still get the respect of many. Yes, you let it be known that you want out of this city, that you want out of Philadelphia. Cool. You should still come play basketball because, hey, you're missing out on money. And, and it's your job. You don't get – yeah, it's your job. Like, you don't get that money back that you're missing out on for not attending training camp, for not coming to games, practices, whatever it is. If Anthony Davis could do it, I think anybody, any all-star player should. Not trying to knock, knock AD in any way, but it's just the morally correct thing to do. Especially, no, I agree. You sign a contract. You sign a contract at the end of the day, you got to fulfill a contract. And that's just what we've seen over the past few years is players kind of abusing that power. And that's why we get into all these situations of players not, not showing up yeah. training camp, sitting out, faking injuries, this and that, wearing fat suits, whatever it may be. So it'll be very interesting to see where this plays out. I personally think he's going to start the season in Philly, um, whether he's on the court or not. I I don't think Daryl's going to budge, and if, it's going to take a while for him. He's not going to budge unless a good trade comes about, which might not be for a little bit. So, yeah. You know, as long as James Harden don't show up to camp looking like Rikishi or something like that. <laughs> like, well, I have a good reference. Great reference. Well, I did that just for you. Know? I used to Hell yeah. yeah. I know my Appreciate, WWE, appreciate <laughs> that. Appreciate that. All right. Well, let's move on from James Harden. Let's talk about his teammate, his, the man that won MVP last year, Joel Embiid. Since all this has come out, he has removed Philadelphia from his Twitter account for his location. He's chained. I feel like we see this happen a lot. I feel like a lot of players delete things off of their social media, whether it's pictures, um, bio stuff, locations, whatever it may be. So this might just be a complete coincidence. This might just be him trolling because he even admits that he is uh, he is an epic troller. He just says things. His middle name on Twitter is Joel Trowell. Troll Embiid. Troll Embiid. You know, so my, my question here to you is, is there anything – Behind this, do you think Joel Embiid is actually going to want to request a trade or want out because of all of this? Or do you think this is just him trolling like he usually does? 
You know, for once, I actually think he's serious. Oh, oh, oh shit. Okay. Yeah, okay. Despite, despite the Troel nickname and stuff like that, I think we mentioned this in one of our earlier episodes here. Like, yep. I know we only have three, but I don't remember which one. But uh-huh. I really, I'm really on, on the side of that. We know that they're not going to be as good of a team without James Harden. Mm-hmm. We know that they might not be a 50-win team or a 55-win team without the guy that just led the league in assists. Without one and of them. And Embiid knows that, too. Yeah. He's very well aware of that. Not just him, but I think the rest of the organization probably knows, like, damn, we don't want to miss out on this guy. That's why we need right compensation for this guy. Without James Harden, I don't see them being a top three team in the East. They probably could just off mm-hmm. the strength of Joel Embiid, but Tyrese Maxey is going to have to take a James Harden kind of jump. You got to have 25 and nine. That's mm-hmm. what needs to come from Tyrese Max. Yeah, man. honestly. And Tobias Harris, too. He's probably going to have to average almost 20 points a game at least. Yeah, every everybody has to step up. That's the only yep. way it makes sense. So, yeah. And, I, and, I, beats, and beats 29 years old. He's turning 30 in March. It's not like yeah. he's he's not getting any younger. So he he knows that his window is, is – it's not closing. It's not like rapidly closing, but, you know, it's not going to be open this much for longer. I say you stay in Philadelphia and you know that the door is shutting. Yeah. Because you're losing an MVP caliber player. Despite him being washed or not, whatever, you're still losing a very good player that gave you your best shot yet probably to get over that hump. Like I, and he's I, got he's got three years left on his deal to Embiid. That's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother thing. So yeah, I'm I don't I disagree with you in the I, I don't disagree with you. I do think that there is some truth. Like, like he's definitely – I would be disappointed with all this. If my GM is, is going out there and he's lying to my, my star teammates about doing this or that, and obviously Joel Embiid probably knows more – probably knows the entire situation. He probably knows everything that's happened. I would be upset about it too because, you know, it, that not only affects James Harden, but it affects you as well. It affects the entire team. So I think maybe it's not uh, – I think maybe it's a little bit of a threat. Kind of like when he said in the interview how he wants to win and stuff like that, whether it's Philly or somewhere else. Like, does he want to stay in Philly? I'm sure he does. But he's also like, listen, like, I don't have to be here forever. Like, you know, like, I want to win. It doesn't have to be here. So I do think he's starting to plant seeds here. Like, hey, if something doesn't get done or, like, you know, this situation doesn't get fixed, like, my morale is going to go nowhere but down. And that's not what the Sixers want. So... That's a whole lot. I think one player at a time deal with Harden, but this is something that they have to keep in the back of their mind. Well, you know, like this, this is collateral, you know, like, yes, it is hundred percent. You have one disgruntled star. It's probably going to lead to your other star being disgruntled. It trickles down. It trickles down. We saw it in Brooklyn, right? Harden Mm -hmm. won it out. Then after that, Kyrie gets mad because he doesn't get paid. And then guess who's next? Katie. Right. All my friends are gone. It's like it's like, you're it's like the Will this. Smith, the Will Smith meme when uh, the the house is empty. He's looking around. Yeah. Where is everyone? Yeah. Like you know, you know, back in school, you're sitting at the lunch table enjoying your meal, and you, your best friend get up to go talk to a girl. Your other friend get up to talk to somebody else, and you're there by yourself. Yep. Like, you're not going to stay at an empty table. Like, let me get up. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me go find somewhere else to sit. But <laughs> you know, like speaking of finding somewhere else to sit, mm-hmm. where do you see the best landing spot? For Joel Embiid to actually play, I mean that's a whole nother thing. I'd, I'd 
you know, a team has to put together a godfather offer to get someone like Embiid. Because he just, obviously, coming off the MVP season, season, averaging 33 a game, he's in the prime of his career right now at 33 years old. I mean... You know what? Let let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. Okay. Let's say, where would you actually, where would you, you specifically, want to see him play? I think I would like to see him stay in the East because I think that would still be his best chance of winning. And I, I hate to say this because this team, I feel like, is always just that team to be getting stars and to be in the mix and stuff. But the Miami Heat, yep, 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 it, it just makes the most sense. It, it makes the most sense. Like they have Bam, they have Tyler Hero, they have all these other contracts that they can throw at him, picks, whatever it may be. And I think just like Miami is the destination for these disgruntled stars. Like obviously, if Damian Lillard goes to Miami, then I think you can, you know, out the door. Like, that's probably not going to happen. But, like, if Damien stays in Portland, you know, again, that's like all like a domino effect. Like, think certain things need to happen first. But Joel Embiid in Miami, I think, does make the most sense. Obviously, him and Jimmy Butler have a history together. Bam Adebayo, he is unbelievable. He is a great player. But replacing him with Joel Embiid, you want you I, listen. If if that's who if that's who they want for for Joel Embiid, I'd be like I'd be sending I'd be driving Bam to the airport. I'd pack his bags for him, no bro. Disrespect. No disrespect. Bam, no disrespect. Bam. Bam is a North Carolinian man. I, I got love. For Shout Bam. out. Shout out. You you gotta go. It's Joel Embiid. You understand. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. just Joel Embiid, man. It's a business. He, If I'm Bam, too, it's like the thing is, it's like you're getting traded, that sucks, but you just got traded for the MVP. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's, and that's, that's kind of a compliment. It's kind of a compliment at the end of the day, you know? So I would say Miami. Uh, will it happen? I, that, that's way too early to tell. Way yeah. too early. Listen, I, I'm right there with you, if you couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. Like, Joel and Miami just – it, it just gets me excited. I just, I just feel like I'm, I'm back, like in grade school or something. Like, I don't know. It, it's awesome, yeah. man. Like, it is. Yeah. For one, like my parents are are foreigners and they're from very a very hot environment. Like, I like the sun. I, I enjoy the sun. So, Joel mm-hmm. is from Africa, is from Cameroon to be exact. You put him in a hot state with no state income taxes. He gets to keep all his money. That's another thing too. Yeah. And play, which, like you said. A good friend of Jimmy Butler who didn't want Jimmy to be traded out of Philadelphia right. in the first place. That's the other thing, too. Yep. You get to rehook up with probably the best dude that you ever played with who just took his team to two NBA finals in the last three years. Yep. And Joel hasn't got out the second round. So so let's That makes sense. It makes perfect sense. I know Pat Riley, like you said, is always working behind the scenes to get these stars to Miami. If this is one that's available, I would I would prioritize. Obviously, we're, I'm speculating. I don't. Right. We don't know that Joel. He hasn't said anything to management. At least it hasn't been made public. If he has, but he has been threatening him ever since a month ago when he told him, "I'm willing to win here or anywhere else." And then, and honestly, God, God bless him for having like the patience that he has because there is this other tweet of like this timeline of everything I, that they've done since 2016, 2017, and man, I can't believe he stuck around. I. I it's crazy. It really is. They fucked up. They fucked up a lot over the last five, six years. I'm gonna throw out. I'm gonna throw out some some fun names for you. Okay. Sam Hankey, the, the the man behind the process, behind Oof. drafting Jaleel Okafor, Nerlens Noel, oh. all these other bigs. Oh my gosh. And then 
there's the guys who they thought was going to be the next huge Spurs prodigy off the Greg Popovich coaching tree. And Brett yep. Brown. Yeah. Another guy yeah. who just never really had the locker room. Jimmy Butler is on record pretty much trashing the dude. Yeah. And then yep. we have another guy who had a catastrophic shoulder injury in Markel Fultz. The number one pick was Jason Tatum and Lawrence <laughs> Football and De'Aaron Fox were on the board. <laughs> And they took Markel. So, like, you know, it's a... They traded the pick to get Markel. They traded the pick to get Markel. That, and then, not for, and this is a little different. They took Ben Simmons first overall, and then he had all these other guys that followed him. I mean, Ben Simmons coming out of, like, LSU, he was a phenom. Like, that's that's different. It, obviously, it didn't work out for whatever reasons. I couldn't could name Ben for that reason. He had good right, yeah, right, exactly. That's um, Ben Simmons we got to see. But it's just, you look at it, you just look at it from the bigger picture... It's fucking crazy, bro. They've made some bad decisions over the last few years. And it's obviously it's clearly like it's, it might come back to to bite them in the ass in the sense where their best player that they've had since 2014 might want out now. And if that's the case, then you can say Philadelphia is going to be in some trouble for the next few years. But again, that's speculating. We don't know what's going to happen. Well, my last my last closing point before we get on with this. Yeah. I think it might just be time to blow it up. Every point. I, Why? I mean, because they haven't made it past the second round since yes. since, since two thousand one. Yes, like they. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. They haven't yeah. had success. Joel Embiid, yes, could be arguably one of the best players in today's game. We know that thirty three mm-hmm. points a game, ten boards, all that good stuff. He's a face of the Philadelphia 76ers, but they have not found any success since he's been drafted. Yes, nope. I get it. They they've gone to the playoffs year after year. Some teams can't even say that. I get that. But where, what type of timeline do you put on trying to win? What type of timeline is Daryl Morey on? Or, or now you have Nick Nurse in town. Like, how often, how soon, what's your championship window? Are you really right. trying to compete? And the pieces that they have amassed on the Sixers over the years just haven't gotten it done, despite having Joel Embiid. And they haven't been able to attract any other big-name free agents other than James Harden, who they traded for. So... I'm actually on that petition. After this year, I'd probably would really consider moving Joel Embiid and just starting fresh, getting a shit ton of draft picks, and hope for the best because this situation is about to get ugly real quick. Again, just speculation. This is the last thing I'll say for this. If I'm a Sixers fan, I would be kind of afraid that this might be the last season that you have the process in Philly. Genuinely, like – this might be this might be the last the last uh, the last dance the last <laughs> dance in Philly. So well, we'll see. It all starts with Harden. So we'll see what he does I there. Even, I can't even call it a last dance. It's more like a last two step because they I was gonna, uh, yeah they didn't make it. They haven't made it to the very end yet. No, this is a this is just a just a little two step like you said, hundred percent. So stand oh, dance classes right now, but we'll move. On. We'll, move on. <laughs> we'll move on. Well, let's talk. Let's move on from a generational big man from this era, and let's talk about a generational big man from last era that has this podcast with Mr. Paul Pierce, who who says some outlandish shit, which I don't defend. I love Paul Pierce, Celtics legend, but he he says some stuff that I don't I don't agree with. But Kevin Garnett, he he won that one ring, and he thinks that one ring put him on the Mount Rushmore for for NBA players and brother. You, you, you're barely on the Mount Rushmore for Celtics players, but anyways. 
Kevin Garnett, his teammate on that 08 team, said that Anthony Davis will be an MVP within the next two years. He's kind of comparing him to, you know, how Embiid won the MVP and how um, Embiid and also Jokic and how Anthony Davis can kind of do just what they do. He's just as talented as them. And I've said on this podcast, I've been on record to say, I think he's one of the most talented big men in history, in the history of the game. There's really not much he can do. The only thing that's really held him back is injuries and such. But now that he's signed his extension and everything like that, obviously we're hopeful that he's going to be in good health moving forward. Do you think Kevin Garnett is, you know, is he kind of getting ahead of himself saying that Anthony Davis can win an MVP? I mean, I know he's he's a little older now. I think he's 29, 30 years old. He's not... He's not he's not young anymore. He's his championship window is definitely closing as well, but his MVP window, you know, this isn't now the time that he can win MVP. Do you think that's a realistic possibility? I know he's on your Lakers here, but you know, kind of separating yourself as a Lakers fan, do you see Anthony Davis being an MVP over the next few years? Yeah, I, without a doubt, I think it's still mm-hmm. still within shout. Like if you look at earlier in his career in New Orleans and stuff like that, he his worst season is probably like his rookie year. He's at like around 13 points or so. But from then on, 25 plus point score, double double guy, around two blocks for his career. Like, he's an all time great already, you know, which is why he was a top 75 player of all time. He is a generational talent in his own right, just like a Joel Embiid, just like a Nikola Jokic. He's averaging 24, 10, uh, over two blocks for his career. And last year, he averaged 26, 12, 2 and 1. That's crazy. That, that's like, that's crazy. I don't think K, KG only sounds outlandish because of the stigma that surrounded AD for the last several years, right? I believe right. he's only played over 65 games four times in his career. So, like, it's, yeah. it's kind of alarming. That's that's the main the main uh, right. form. Like, you know, obviously with the new CBA, you have to play at least 65 games to be able to be considered for MVP, all NBA right. teams and that stuff. So, I get the pause, the cost to pause, but... It's definitely not like an outlandish reach. It's not like he's he's a bottom twenty five player in today's game. Oh God, no! God, you know, no. Like, easily he's a top five talent, like we both agree on. Easily mm-hmm. he can be the best defender. He's possibly the best two way player in the league if sure. he's able to stay healthy. I understand it's just a big if, but now nah, KG is actually right on the money, especially with an aging LeBron, possibly with one to two more years left. I know he still wants to play with Bronny. You got Austin Reeves. You got Rui Hachimura. You got the rest of these young guys where it's like, it's not super, super young, but you have guys that are like from 25 to 30 or 32. So like, you know, even with AD's window closing to win championships, I believe the prime for some players is from like 27 all the way to 34 to 35 if you're generational. And AD is. Yeah. So in these next three to five seasons, it's realistic. He can average 25 plus. 10 to 12 rebounds or whatever it is and still be a dominant force as long as the Lakers are a top team in the West, it could definitely happen. No doubt. Yeah, there's really not much more I can add to that. I agree with you. I think the biggest thing is injuries. If he can stay healthy, there's no doubt that Anthony Davis can be an MVP candidate. Like, there's there's nothing that man can't do. He is arguably the best two-way player in the NBA. He can give you – he could average 30 points and 10 rebounds a night. And yeah. I get it. LeBron's on that team. And when LeBron's in the league, you know, he's still LeBron. But that is Anthony Davis's team. It is. Like, LeBron's aging. LeBron, you know, you know, knows that he is giving the keys to Anthony Davis. You know, he's kind of taking a step back in the sense where, you know, he's not focused on being the guy that gives you 30-plus a night. That's Davis's job now. And I think LeBron, 
realizing that. And also, LeBron can help him out win MVP, yeah. kind of like how Harden helped Embiid win MVP. Like, exactly. LeBron James brings the best out of his teammates, and obviously, like, he's done that with Davis over the years. It's just his ability to stay on the floor. And you were talking about the new CBA. It needs to be 65-plus games. He hasn't played 65-plus games since 2017, 2018, when he was 24 years old. That's the that's the biggest concern. He just needs to stay healthy. If he's healthy, there's no doubt that he can win MVP. And I think Kevin Garnett is right on the money. Like these next two three years, that's that's the that's the the spot right there. Like those are the years where he can do it. Um, if he can stay on the floor, the Lakers obviously being a contender, which I see happening. He stays healthy. Why not? I, I think Anthony Davis, you know, has made cases in the past to win MVP and such. He just again health, whatever it is restricts him, holds him back. If he's healthy, I don't see why not. You know, not to not to just, like, boost up LeBron here either, but that's, like, the one thing that he hasn't done, right, is ele- elevate a teammate to being an MVP. Sure. Yeah. Another thing that I feel like LeBron wanted, when he left Miami initially, obviously he knew it was stars around his age and Wade and Bosh. I think when he went back to Cleveland, it was like, yo, Kyrie Irving, I'm about to be in Cleveland for the rest of my career. Kyrie's going to be the yeah. guy to get the keys to. Kyrie could have. Kyrie could have been the guy to do it. He could have won an MVP. I legit think that was LeBron's plan. Like, sure. To retire mm-hmm. in Cleveland, but obviously. Obviously, Kyrie did his own thing. Yeah. So, Kyrie, like, Kyrie did Kyrie stuff. Yeah. So, like, you know, yeah. I, I see the same type of situation for Anthony Davis where, hey, man, like, I'm about to be gone in a couple years, but guess what? I want you to take us there. I want you to be the guy. So, I'm hyped. I'm hyped for, for AD. And, and I think also that, like, not that LeBron needs anything added to the legacy. Like, this, he's done everything there is to do. But, like, for him to say that he helped his teammate that, you know, was riddled with injuries, going through all these, like, setbacks, what I help him win MVP, that's a really cool thing to add to his resume. So I actually do, like, that would be a really cool thing to, to see happening. But we'll see. But going off of what Kevin Garnett says, let's talk about some dark horse candidates to win MVP. Um Let's give three candidates who we think could win MVP, guys that, you know, aren't the, the megastars, guys that aren't favorites to win. Three dark horse candidates to win. Um, Jerry, if, if you want to start, you can. If you want me to start, I have my three guys. I can, I can list them off. You know, um, you know, open us up. Okay. So I'm going to stay away from Anthony Davis. Um, I like that pick, but I'm going to stay away from that. My number one guy who I think is a dark horse and – some of these guys that I'm mentioning are dark horses in the sense of like kind of similar to like Davis or Embiid where it's like they've had, you know, maybe it's injuries that hold them back or maybe it's like team success or whatever. The first guy I'm giving you is Shea Gilgis-Alexander. The Oklahoma City Thunder last year exceeded everyone's expectations. If you are an Oklahoma City Th- not even a single Oklahoma City Thunder fan thought that they were going to have the success that they did last year. They just exceeded everyone's expectations. Shea Gilgis, one of the best scorers in the league just like we all knew how good he was and how talented he was but he really just like came out of nowhere and he was insane last year I think with the Thunder getting Chet they're obviously you know their young guys are getting better each and every year I think the Thunder could be like not a threat I'm not saying they're going to be a top team in the West but they could be you know better than they were last year I think that's they were a 41 team last year you don't want to play Kind of Dude, that's a scary team. Like they're young, but they're hungry. And they now that they've made it as far as like the playing and stuff, and almost made the playoffs, they're hungry. They know what it takes to get to that point. And I think Shea Gill just is good enough to take that step to help lead a team to I that like, next level. 
I like so it. that's that's my first guy. The second guy I have, and this is simply like if he if he's healthy, he can do it. And I don't think maybe it's not a dark horse in the sense when he's healthy, like it's uh, he could be a top candidate. Zion Williamson, when he was healthy last year, the Pelicans were the number one seed. They were the number one seed in January, and then he got hurt. And then they felt, you know, they went down the rankings and stuff like that. You want, we were talking about generational talent. Zion Williamson is a generational talent when he's on the floor and he's healthy. If he's on the floor and healthy, there's no reason for me to think that he can't win an MVP. If the Pelicans were the number one seed last year, why can't they be competing for that same spot again? this year if he's healthy and if that's the case and he's putting up crazy numbers which is expected of him he very well could be a candidate to an mvp so that's my second guy and then my third guy the third guy i have is a little bit this it's going to be a little bit more outlandish than the other two but you'll understand where i'm coming from this also is a whole nother like it things need to happen for for this to happen i'm going to say Tyrese Maxey on the Philadelphia 70s. I know. I, I know. It's an outlandish one. It's the, This is the true definition of a dark horse. Tyrese Maxey is a talented, talented motherfucker. That guy can ball, okay? And they're treating this guy like all offseason. No one's able to touch him. Like, Mike, Prime Michael Jordan could be available, and they're not trading Tyrese Maxey for him. If James <laughs> Prime Jordan is available, they're not moving him. If James Harden doesn't come back, all again, it's all things need to happen for this, for Tyrese Max to become an MVP player. Like you said, if Harden isn't in Philly, Maxi needs to put up 29, 10, like those types of numbers. If he's putting up like high 20s, like almost 10 assists a game when Sixers are also have to be good as well, like, you know, top four, like playoff team, I... I'm just saying, I think that there could be a case to be made. He's a very good player. He obviously, you know, as all young players, there's still a lot of things to work on. There, You know, he has weaknesses that he's turned to strengths and stuff. He also has a lot of strengths. And he's so young, and he has so much to build off of. I think he has a lot there already where he could be a potential MVP candidate. I know it's a little bit crazier than the first two guys I mentioned, but I had to throw out I had to throw out a curveball like that. And I think there is a world. Is it this world? I don't know, but I think there is a world where Tyrese Maxey could be in that MVP conversation. Hey, I mean, I, I'm actually, I'm not mad at it. You know, that's, that's <laughs> the true definition of a dark horse because he's not even on the odds chart to win the award. So, like, right, I, thousand percent. Like, I'll show. Hold on, I'll show you right now his odds to win. Um, where is it? Where'd they go? Where'd they go? Where'd they go? Where'd they go? Oh, here it is. <sighs> Listen, if you put money on that and he won, then you'd I'd be begging you for for some money. Plus, he's plus fifteen thousand right now. But these are like all different sports books and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah. It's still crazy odds, but still, um, is there a world where it could happen? Yes, I don't know if it's this world, but there is a world. Nah, like I, I can dig it. Uh, you know, I I hate to like to say this because. I was making faces kind of during your list because you actually uh-huh. took two of the guys that <laughs> that I chose. Oh, did I? Did I? Oh, shit. It's all good, though. It's all good. Oh, like, shit. I, I got more. I just generated okay. more like my head. So, like, it's all good. But, okay. Like, hey, great minds think alike. Great minds think alike. I do believe SGA has limitless potential. The dude just averaged 30. Michael Jordan S numbers with a steal and a block as well. So, mm-hmm. I love the SGA pick. Zion is all, just like we talked about AD with the injuries, Zion's also the same exact way. 
a guy that just needs to be healthy in order to show his value in the league. So two picks, I don't think you could go wrong with right there. So to kind of get off the box here, I'm going to go with Devin Booker. I think playing with Kevin Durant is huge. And all of us might look to the Phoenix and be like, yeah, they got Bill, Book, and KD, but KD's the best guy on the team. Yeah, sure. But I think Book needs to be the key for them to actually be successful. That's his team. That's, it is his everyone, team. everyone came to him. Everyone came to him. That's exactly what he spoke mm-hmm. into existence, you know, a few years back. When he wanted a super team to come to Phoenix, he got the super team. And I think he's the most important player there. He's their yeah. best playmaker already. He's the youngest superstar that they have on the roster. And in terms of shot creation, he does that better than anybody right now, including KD. KD's just freakishly tall, so he's over the top <laughs> he of guys. He can shoot over anyone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Easy. But I think Book is like the head of the snake, you know, the engine that makes them go. And yep. in order for us to see that, I think he needs to have a crazy monster year where not just is like him averaging 30-plus points or nothing like that, but more so him averaging Harden kind of numbers where it's like 30 and 8 eight assists with six rebounds like the playmaking responsibilities is going to be all in his lap this year and he needs to elevate his game in order for phoenix to become legit title contender so yeah i'm going to give one to book the other here that i'm kind of like struggling with now is between two guys in a backcourt but it's a team that you like very much to actually to make some noise in the east in cleveland but i'm going with darius garland over donovan mitchell i like it I was I thought of Darius Garland too. I like that pick. I like that. I think like obviously Donovan Mitchell's role for Cleveland is clear. You are a go-to scorer. You're the guy that I'm going to look to in the clutch to actually get things done. You're the guy throughout the game. I need you to be an onslaught of offense on the perimeter, inside, in and out, like everywhere on the floor, mid-range too, everywhere on the floor. I need him to be an offensive versatile weapon, just a killer. But but set up man. The guy Garland. who wants to do some of those same things is going to be Darius Garland. The guy yes. that's sitting at the table, not just for Mitch and taking pressure off of him not to bring the ball up the floor and not to worry about creating his own all the time, is going to be Darius Garland, who should like have that. the ball more in his hands this season after averaging 22-8 and eight last year. Dude, I fucking love that pick, dude. I, I'll tell you something. I've, I've So uh, my cousin played baseball at Vanderbilt years ago, like 10 years ago. He was a pitcher there. And since then, I've never really been huge into college sports, as you can tell by uh, where these players go to college. Like, I'm not too ver- I'm not too knowledgeable with that stuff. So I never really had, like, a set team or anything like that. Once he went to Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt became, like, the one school I rooted for. Um, obviously, they don't have, like, they didn't have an amazing basketball program or, you know, football, whatever. But yeah. Darius Garland was fucking electric at Vanderbilt. I loved him at Vanderbilt. I loved him coming out of the draft, going to Cleveland at five. Um, I think he's got a bright future. And you're right. Like, Donovan Mitchell is the scorer. He's the go-to guy. But someone's got to set it up. Garland can also be a go-to scorer, without a doubt. But he's also a guy that can give you 10 assists tonight as well. He is. He can do a little bit of everything. They're interchangeable. Like, I think Donovan Mitchell has to become a better playmaker, but... I think the two could swap roles very much, like, easily. Definitely. But, um, the Definitely. last guy I'll give you here is actually one that's also – I think it's a guy that we expect to always be good, a guy to be the engine of his team and actually carry them because without him, we're not even considering them to still win titles. And Steph Curry. Like, it there might not seem as much of a dark horse, but we're – Because of the name more, value, but – Yeah. Yeah, I get it. You know, Embiid, Jokic, Luka's always a favorite early. Even Tatum will probably Even Tatum's starting to get there, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, I think 
I think either though, I'm gonna put a, I'm gonna put an asterisk. I'm gonna put a slash on Steph and put LeBron in there as well. Like, I think these two yep. are gonna play vital roles for their team. Steph more so because he ha- really has to carry the load with Jordan Poole being gone, and it's an older team. But LeBron, because I think we could see those same type of numbers from the 2020 run, where he averaged 10 plus yeah. assists. I think LeBron needs to have that type of year again for the Lakers to see some success. And Steph just needs to go ballistic. Yeah. We've seen the last few years, he's actually put up better numbers than his unanimous MVP year. Yes, he has. It's just so. the talent. The talent around the league has gotten so much better with it. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like, and you've seen guys that have these ridiculous seasons that don't that don't get the award because again, like. They're putting up crazy numbers, but so many other people are putting up crazy numbers. At last year, there were six, seven guys that put up 30 points a game. So I, I like those two guys because name-wise, are they dark horses? No. People are going to say no. But like if you look at the rest of the league and where they fit in, those guys, you could argue, aren't even cracking top – Like. I don't want to – it sounds disrespectful to say top 10, but there may be like five to ten other guys that you could put ahead of them winning the MVP award. Yeah. You know, there's a fair argument to be made for other guys to win. So I, I understand where you're coming from, and I do think that those are two very uh, fair picks. Yeah, no, it's, it was tough because, you know, you, you robbed half my list. <laughs> so like, I was like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, shit, I got to come up with something on the fly. But, uh, uh, hey, yeah, yeah you, uh, you recovered well. I think those are, those are three or four solid, really good picks. So what did you say? Improv. <laughs> improv, improv. Yeah, that's what we do a little bit of everything on this podcast. Yeah, man. All right. So we are uh, topics. That's it for topics. Now let's get into these games. Sherry, do you want to start with? Uh, I know I'm, I'm looking at our little list here, and I know you have a few games here. Do you want to? Do you want to start with some of yours? Yeah, you know, like I'll start with one. You do the next. A little sandwich yeah. in the middle. You know. Yes, sir. So we're gonna start with something. Something I've just been seeing trending on on Twitter and TikTok and stuff. I'm going to say a player's name, and I want you to say the first couple things that come to mind for you. Okay. Okay. I got, I got five guys for you. I said three initially, but I want to go five because I think it's going to be kind of funny. Okay. So, first name, LeBron James. Easy. King. Okay, King. Greatest so, of this generation. All right. We're going to go over a tired name. Okay. Don't go too harsh. Okay. But, Carl Malone. I can't say the first word again. <laughs> I, I can't say the first word. Um, uh, interesting. Uh, underage. <laughs> and um, uh, forgettable. I'm saying forgettable in the sense of like people forget that he is like one of the best scorers of all time. People don't think about him. Like he was the number two scorer of all time for a very long time. Obviously, as years go on, he might slide down the list, you know, list all that shit changes. But I'd, I'd say forgettable in the sense of people forget how dominant he was in the 90s. Ain't mad at it. Let's go with the current <laughs> player now. Tyrese Halliburton. Versatile. Uh, lanky. Flashy. Um, I think he's one of the best playmakers in the league. And I, uh, and I think another word is um, um, payback. Is the other word I think of because it's kind of payback for the Sacramento Kings, bro. After they traded him, he wanted to do. He wanted to turn that franchise around. They, they turned the franchise around. You know that trade helped both sides. Um, but I think you know he's 
definitely out for blood now that in Indiana, just kind of proving Sacramento wrong. Like, hey, like I know you guys are doing well, but like I could have done a lot for your franchise. You know, you know, you said you said payback, and I should have thought that first. But the first thing I thought about was Wally Serbiak calling him a fake. <laughs> but that, yes. that's a good reason. Oh that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's a good one. That's a good one. Next name I got for you here: Hall of Famer, just literally enshrined, Dirk Nowitzki. Unguardable. Um, one of the most just dominant big men ever. One of the most dominant uh, has one of the most unguardable shots ever. I mean, you could argue that he does the the one legged fadeaway, just unguardable. And I think just um, one of the best European players, if not the best European player ever. And the last guy that I got for you here, the big fundamental, Tim Duncan himself. Go is one of the first names that came to mind. I'd say GOAT of fundamentals and GOAT of winning. Just, is there many, obviously, like, just throughout the whole career, not, like, finals records. Like, he didn't have a perfect finals record, but he had his, like, how many 60-win seasons did he have? His winning record is, like, over 70%. He's one of the most winningest players, if not the winningest player ever. Um, he's the GOAT of winning. He knows how to win, and he is the GOAT of the Spurs franchise. You no, know, I was definitely thinking of something along. The, obviously, all of that's true. That's dope. Uh-huh. But I was definitely thinking boring was going to be was going to be the or, yeah yeah. I mean, he's not. He's he definitely doesn't have a sexy play style. He's definitely not a guy that you know fans fans might not pay big money to see him play. He's not a flashy yeah. player. But like again, you don't have to be flashy to know how to win. I I take winning over flashiness any day of the week. Hey, I call TD big sexy man because hey, winning is sexy, <laughs> baby. I love it. <laughs> winning, he's got he's got five of them things. He's got five of them. All right. That was fun. I like that game. The game, the first game I have for you, Jerry, all right? You have three games for me. I have two games for you. Now, this is similar to what we did last week. So last week I had you, I gave you the name of a player, and I had you tell me which teammate they played the most with. But this time, I need you to tell me who they played against the most throughout their career. So I'm going to give you an NBA player, and you have to tell me who you think that player went up against the most, and also, I didn't clarify this last week. I don't think you 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 understood it, so I didn't have to. But this is like playoffs and regular season. This isn't just regular season. This is like their entire career. So play, you have to think playoffs as well. That I think that'll be a, that'll help you out a lot here. Damn. All right. Uh, let's okay. Go. Okay. The first player I have for you is your boy LeBron James. You know, I, I instantly, my mind just jumps to the Celtics. Uh, like Cleveland days, Miami, obviously. Uh, so so I think I'm going to go with the obvious one here. Like, damn, hold on, wait. I think I kind of, it's either them or the Pistons that's in my head because of the duels that they had. It's kind of hard because I'm thinking like early, early, early LeBron. Right, uh, right. You know, I'm like eight or nine years old just watching things. Uh I'm going to just say Paul Pierce, though. He's number two. And let me tell you, he's only one game behind of the person that's number one. Why? So I gave you two guesses last I gave you two guesses last week. I'm going to give you two guesses again for this one. Why am I always a guess behind? It's always one game separating. <laughs> I, I will say there's a few of these that, like, all of these are within, like, five games. All these players. Like, the first and second are, with, are very close to each other. But this is... This is a very close one. Can I ask if if the person did play on Boston? No. 
Okay, so he wasn't a no. Celtic. Okay. No. He wasn't a Celtic, and it has to be – I'm not worried about any predominantly Western Conference player here. I know okay. it wasn't anybody out West, so I can just eliminate eliminate that half of the NBA. Uh, damn. At that point, you have some memorable battles with the Heat. You got some good – some really good, interesting playoff games with Gilbert Arenas as well and the Wizards. But I don't think it's Gil, though. He didn't play long enough. Uh, that's what just really puts me on the Pistons, but because Chauncey Billups did bounce around a little bit, you know, from Boston to Detroit. Oh man, damn, this is tough. These ones are a little harder than teammates, I will say. It definitely is. I, I might go over five in this shit, honestly. I hope. I hope not. I think you can. I think you can pull out some of these, Jerry. I, I believe in you. This one is hard, bro. Like. <laughs> He's hey, he's been in the league for a long time. He's got up against a lot of players a, a good amount of times. Is it still an active player today? He either recently retired or he's like let me let me fact check that for you. I, I wanna say he just retired. Just retired. Let me uh let me let me check this. Um yeah, this is saying that he last Oh wait, he says that. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me make sure. I think is he still playing? We need a time. Okay, so he last year was kind of like. Oh no, he did retire. He did retire. Last year was his last season. He announced last season that he was going to retire after the season. You did. You said that you weren't going to think of Western Conference. I, I think you should start thinking Western Conference. I'm thinking Western Conference. But this player was on both conferences. But I think what you'll remember him most for is in the Western Conference. Off rip with the first name that comes to mind is Carmelo Anthony. So Incor- incorrect. It's Andre Iguodala. Oh man, Philadelphia. And then Denver. I know. Golden State playoff. Yeah. Fuck he played you. those oh. goals. <laughs> 70 times he's gone up against Andre Iguodala in his entire career. Paul Pierce was 69. Nice. Yeah, very nice, Paul Pierce. Very on brand. Okay. <laughs> the next player I have for you, Jerry, is Kawhi Leonard. Also, these players I'm giving you are, like, well-known. I'm not, I'm not going to throw, like, a... I'm not going to throw like an Alex Caruso at you or anything like that. Like these are all like super like star players, like really, really well known players. Fair, fair, okay. All right, so we got Kawhi here. Uh, predominantly Western Conference teams, obviously that literal one year in Toronto. <laughs> so, yep. It's got to be somebody out west. Who did the Spurs see a lot of at that point in time, early in his career? I'm trying to think. San Antonio battles with with Dallas, San Antonio battles with the Lakers even. No, but he wasn't a huge, huge part of that, though. Kobe was at the end of his rope at that point in time. A lot of random probably games with the Warriors, though. They did play a couple playoff series there. Uh, Man. Kawhi. And then the Clippers, obviously. A lot of random Lakers games in there as well. Maybe it is something. No, I don't know. No, no, it's not I don't think it's anybody on the Lakers. <laughs> He's just so quiet, man. Like, you don't see him beef up with nobody, at least well. No, not at all. Mm-mm. 
Doesn't talk much. Damn. These games are tough. Yeah, I will say when I put this list together, they're I don't want you to go 0 for 5. I don't. <laughs> I, I really don't, but I will say if I was in your shoes, I, I wouldn't put money on me getting one right. I, okay. I, some of these are very hard. All right, well, I, I got to throw something out there. You know, I feel like I've feel like just been sitting here trying to devise a plan here. Uh, you know what, let's go, let's go with the last guess that you just gave me, the answer. Let's go Andre Gudala here. That's incorrect. I had to try. Okay, that's fine. I think uh, so. What I do think I know. I said I'll give you two guesses and stuff. I'll give you another one here, but I think maybe we should just do one guess for each one because some of these are just. It's impossible. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. I need to test your knowledge. I need. I need to see. Uh, I need to see what. Uh, see what you know here. Man, this isn't even knowledge. This is just. <laughs> Not even Kawhi Leonard probably knows who he's played the most in his You're right. You're definitely right. You're a thousand percent right. All right. Draymond Green. I'm I'm done. I don't know. Incorrect. All right. It's Russell Westbrook, his teammate. Cool. And and second was Harden, maybe his future teammate. Let's move on. Okay. (laughs) The the next player I have for you is Kevin Durant. Motherfucker. KD, KD here. Oh, look, I, I, like I said, I'm of the ilk that I'm probably not going to get any of these. But KD, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking of like most memorable matchups. Mm-hmm. Right? And again, playoff series. So like he okay. has he has one insane play in the playoffs against this team, and I believe over this player, over this player that played for the Dallas Mavericks. Hey, maybe yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I can. Maybe I don't know if maybe Texas. I think you're in the you're in the ballpark. You're definitely thinking the right like. Maybe, maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't know if this guy was Texan. I, I don't I don't know. I don't know if I'd I'd say he was. This player did play for both conferences, but he is more known for this one specific team that he was on. This one era. They, this team had an error going on, and he was a he was a big part of it. So, all right, saying era, big part of it. I'm thinking San Antonio. Uh, well, I don't know. I like I said, I don't know if Texas is where you want to stay. I oh, so don't know if Texas. Oh no, I don't think Texas is where you want. I, I don't know. I mean, Texas is nice. I have family down there, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? All right, let me fly to California. Okay, and. Go down to Oakland, you know. I'm, I'm a. Is this too obvious? It has, it has to be. You know what? Steph Curry. I don't know. It's hard. Incorrect, Jerry. You're gonna be pissed. You're gonna be, not be cut. It's Marcus All. What? He had. Do you remember the the play I was thinking of? He hit this like four point play over him in the corner. Oh. Where he, that's the play I was referring to. Right. The grit and grind era in Memphis is what. But like, okay. who's gonna think Marcus? <laughs> I love Marcus. Yeah, he's he's great, and his brother did play in California for a while. So I mean, I think did Marcus all play for? I think Marcus all played for the Lakers for a, for a little bit too. Later right? on in his career, later he, on, later he was on. drafted by the Lakers, traded for Pell, blah blah blah. Okay, well, that's good. Okay. I got I got one more player for you. I'm gonna I got one more for you, okay? All right. 
<laughs> this is terrible. Chris Paul. Cliff Paul, huh? Cliff Paul. And I will say, so the first guy and second guy that he's gone up against the most are on the same. They played on the same team together for almost both their entire careers. One of them kind of later on in his career went off and did his own thing, which was just weird. But these two guys were on the same team for basically their whole career. Teammates together. And they still play today. No. God, no. One of the, I mean, one of them ha- has, um, you know, one of them is kind of relevant right now because of something that has happened very recently that maybe we talked about earlier. Maybe one of the first things we talked about in this episode. All right, so I have two names already. Okay. Based off of that glorious hit. So Okay. I'm going to say Tony Parker. Ding, 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 ding. You got it. I'm not you got it, Jerry. I there you go. Like, Mom, I can be good at something. <laughs> there Damn. you go. Tony Parker and then Manu Ginobili was number two. Thank God, man. I couldn't go over. Man. Hey. Hey, you got one on there. That You got one on the board. That's all that matters, all right? That was Mo- Yeah, this game is a little hard. Maybe maybe next week we'll, I'll come back with something a little different. Nah, man, I gotta get it right. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta get, you gotta get back at me now. I fucked you over here. Yes, hey, I got you with the college stuff. So, all right, it's all good. You know, we got a, we got another game for you. It's nothing college related, so you're all good. There. Thank God, thank God. But I do have a little game. I got, I got to bring out, got to bring out a prop. My uh, oh, okay, my little black book. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> it, says, it says ideas on it. You know. Okay. So. Just because just I'm feeling very inspirational, we're, we're, we're going to play like, I guess, a form of Jeopardy here. But I want you to guess this basketball phrase. It's like you're going to give me a letter. I'm going to tell you if the letter's in it. You know, and if you can go ahead and guess the phrase outright, dope. Let's okay. do it. Okay. But okay. it's guess this basketball phrase sitting courtside style. So Okay. I'll let you know if there's a letter in it that you guess, and we can go in and underline that. Okay. So I just give you a letter and... You'll let me know if it's included, and then okay. You got about, you got five you got five guesses. So if you get a letter wrong, that's okay. not in it. That's that's one strike. Yep. Yep. Okay. Exactly. All right. Well, I'm gonna give you the letter A to start. I feel like that's a pretty common letter. Yes, you can have A. There's two A's to be exact. Two A's. Okay. The next letter I'm gonna give you is I'll give you a T. T, yes. You have one okay. T in this phrase. Yes, sir. One T. Okay. So T and two A's. Okay. The next letter I'm going to ask from you is an N. An N? Yes, you have one N. Yeah, yeah. One you, N. You have, you have a word forming here now. You have blank okay. A and T. So, yeah, you have something there. Okay. Blank A and T. Okay. Give me... Give me a D, Jerry. D. Can I get a D? No homo. Yes, you can. You have, yes. Let's you have go. a D in it, baby. <laughs> Let me give me that shit. Come on now. Okay. So I got two A's, T and D. Has is this is it like multiple words? This phrase, or is it just like what? What are we? What are we? What am I looking at? You don't have to like outright tell me, but yeah, no. Nah, this is multiple words, so I can't tell you that yet. Okay. Okay. Give me a, give me an, 
Give me an E. You do have one E. You're hot right okay. now. You get, you okay. Get a you get a letters okay. in. Okay. Hotter than fish grease. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, hotter than fish grease. Give me. Give me an F. You don't have an F down there. No F. Okay. Okay. Okay, we're we're cooling down a little, but that's fine. That's only my first strike. Give me a Oh. Give me a Give me an H. No H on this fuck. one, buddy. Fuck, fuck. Okay. Okay. Three I started off hot. I started off hot. Okay. Two A's T N D E. You are welcome to just take a stab in the dark at the free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let me, let me, let me throw out another word. Give me, give me an L. No L, Dante. Oh my gosh! Fuck. Okay. Oh god, I started off so I said I had A and T. You know what? Let, let, let me give you some assistance in this notes app here. Okay. I, I got you covered. Let's. Okay. Let me help you out a little bit. So what you have? Oh, okay. I see what you're doing here. Yep. Yep. Helping me out a little bit. You know, I'm giving. It's like give, a little, like like a little hangman action. Exactly. Yeah. You get okay. It. So you have an A. Okay. I'm, <laughs> do I, I? Why do I feel like the last word's Dante? Oh no, never mind. You split them up. Yeah. Never no, mind. I'm not even done yet. I'll, I'll just, okay. Okay. I was gonna say. I was like, A N T. The last word here. It's two two letters, but it's it's total. It's a four letter word. I can't tell you that. Not okay. four letter word. It's it's four different words. Sorry. Okay. Give me, uh, give me a, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> give me an I. Ooh, there's no eyes in this. Book. No. Oh, no. Okay. I only got one letter left. One more guess. You might kick yourself in the ass for this one. Because one of the words is formed for you. I, I see it in the hangman action that we see here. Oh, okay. Um, I'm trying to like trying to think of a guess. Um, give me. Fuck. Give me a. Give me a B. Ah, oh, man, I'm sorry, bro. That's what is bro. it? The guess is you can't guard me is the phrase. Oh, I was thinking of, I, I was thinking can't. I didn't want, I should have asked for the C. You can't guard me. Fuck. All right. Okay. That one was a little tough. We got one more word for you. Here. Okay. All right. One more phrase. Let's do it. Okay. Now I, now I got it. Okay. Let's, let's Look, do I'll, this. I'll, I'll map it out for you before we start. Okay. Okay, now I understand what, what, what we're doing here. So. 
Oh, wait. There's too many, actually. Actually, it's just that. So. It's just that? Yep. For, for our next round of Hangman here, for basketball Hangman, it's, a two, it's just two words. Can you go? Five guesses. You're on it. Okay. If I give you like a guess, is that going to count as like a strike? I will have to get count it as a strike. Okay, no, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, give me a, give me an A again. Let's start with an easy letter. An A is actually not in this one. Oh fuck you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no A, huh? Okay. Well, that the that um, the first guess, um, which. Wouldn't I? It wouldn't have made sense. I, I knew it wasn't gonna be. I was thinking like guard up or something, but guard was in the first phrase. So there's not that. I was getting a little too ahead of myself. Okay, think, think more, more street ball, like one on one kind of vibe. Okay, okay. Give me a T. T is also not on this. What? Very simple. Two words that you would say to somebody. You're ready to go. What are you gonna say? <laughs> give me a, give me a, give me a U. Yep, there is a U. Let me go ahead okay. and update this for you. Okay, I want to see where you put that U because I feel like I might know what one of the words are. You definitely have a U there. Yep, you're down. You have three more guesses. Okay, give me a, give me a P. There you go. Now you got the okay, word. Okay, so now I got the second word. Okay, okay. Up. Five letters up. It's not not guard up. Yeah, I just said you I'm going to be convinced that you just didn't say this like when talking shit during street ball. Like like it's just it's one of those things. Why? I feel like I'm tripping. Train myself out right now. It's just basketball lingo. It's like Give. first grade math, SpongeBob type of vibes. Wow! Oh my god! The more you're saying this, the more you're. I'm like, con- I'm confusing myself. I feel like I feel this is so easy, but I'm making it so much harder on myself. That's that's what I definitely think is happening right now. Um, give me a. Give me an E. Yes, yes. Okay, 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 okay. Let's see. Okay. Gotta... You do have an E. Okay. Okay, give me... I'm waiting for I'm waiting for this to, to update. Okay, it's right in the middle, huh? What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is this? E up, baby, E up. You're getting somewhere. You got e up, it. E up. Um... D up, D up, no, D up. Um, um, uh, give me an S. Ain't no S, baby. Ain't no S. How many many letters do I I only have one more letter? No, you have actually two more guesses. I have two more? Okay, okay. But I get it. You know, playing hangman is a little hard when you don't why have a word. I, a word why thing. am I not thinking this? I don't know. Like, you're going to kick yourself in the ass for this one. I feel like I am going to kick myself in the ass for this one. Give me a... 
to mean M. No, I, I hate that. I hate that look that you give me. Oh, <laughs> what? Oh my god, I can already fucking. I can already feel the bullying coming my way for not getting this. I can already see the comments now. People ripping I'm, me apart. I'm just gonna assume that you just didn't play a lot of pickup ball. Like, yeah, I don't want to be that guy to say that. I mean, like, not that I did it, but I guess not to this extent. <laughs> um, it's, it's been a while. I haven't picked up a basketball in quite a, in, in a while. It's been, fuck, man. You, Give me you, an R. Give me an R. I'm going to act like I didn't hear that. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. I'm, I'm happy you have bad hearing. <laughs> what the fuck? Come on, Dante. Oh. Look, I, I don't oh. want you to go downstairs. I'm going to give you fuck one up. Of hint. Fuck up. Okay, go ahead. I know you haven't picked up a basketball in a minute. <laughs> but I literally walk up to you with one and be like, blink up. Oh, uh, check up. Thank God, man. Yes, check up is the word. Yes. Oh, up. my God. Check up. Yes, of course. Why the fuck? I'm thinking, I don't know why. I kept thinking, like, obviously it doesn't feel like D up. I was thinking, like, something with defense, like getting up on someone. Like, I, I don't know. My mind wasn't working there. You check up. Ball. Like, before all of us right. play, it's like, hey, right. check up. Like, let's go. Bef- yeah, before you start, you have to check. Of course, of course. Okay. I'm happy I at least – you gave me a very good hint there, and I appreciate that. But, man, I'm happy I just got it. Hey, you helped me out on uh, that other game shit that we played, so I got you. <laughs> Fair. Okay. I got one last game for you, Jerry, all right? This is, again, it's it's a game. It's not really something that you really have to, like, think too hard about, like, statistically, nothing like that. It's We're doing another blind rank'em, okay? But this time, it's more, it's a common theme. This is actually some a, a graphic that Clutch Points put out the other day. We're going to be ranking some of the best, best centers of all time. Okay. Well, obviously, I'm not going to tell you who those centers are, but I'm letting you know that they are all legendary Hall of Fame centers. Okay. All right. Let's go. The first center that I have for you is Mr. Bill Russell, RIP, Celtics legend. Celtics legend. I think the best winner the game has ever seen with 11 titles, but I do believe there's more talented bigs ahead of him, so I'm going to put the captain at number four. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Four. We'll okay. go Bill Russell at four. Okay, let me write that. All right, so Bill Russell at four. Perfect. All right, next player I have for you is someone that, you know, he went up against during his career, and that is Mr. Wilt Chamberlain. You know, Wilt might not have been the best winner, obviously, with Bill winning 11 championships on his yeah. block. But I think Wilt is probably the most dominant force right there before Shaq. So I think I think I'm gonna put Wilt at man, that's tough. I'm gonna put Wilt at one actually. I think that's just an enigma. Wow, okay. I'm sure. cool putting him at one. I'm cool with that. Sure. Absolutely. All right. The next player I have for you is one of the most accomplished, uh, you know, obviously besides Bill Russell, eleven rings, no one's touching that. Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Hey, six MVPs don't lie, baby. Uh, yeah, I I will put I put Cap at 
Man. I'll put Cap at two. I'm cool with Cap at two. All right. The next player I have for you is Mr. Hakeem Olajuwon. You know, the dream. In terms of talent, I really think Hakeem is up there with the best of them, but. Right. Two championships without Jordan being in the league. I put a little Astrid beside it somewhat, but still won him, obviously. But uh, out of respect for Bill Russell, I'm going to put Hakeem at five. I'm going to put okay. him at five. I'll tell you what, you put together a good list because the last player I have for you is Mr. Shaquille O'Neal. Boom. Slide into three, baby. We're there all- you go. That's actually really a solid list. You got Will, Kareem, Shaq, Bill, Hakeem. I'm cool with that. You know, I think I think I gave Wilt a ton of respect because the averages don't lie. It's they just, don't. Now, obviously, I think he only has one or two rings. It's it's a little sad there, but hey, he's he was the definition of dominance before Shaq came along. So I'm cool. That's with Wilt. truth. That, Wilt Chamberlain is one of those guys that I like. Some people. I'm not saying I don't. I don't think like I don't believe that. He, like he's just one of those guys that you like. You hear about me. Like, did he actually exist? Like, yeah. he, like, he's crazy. Is because it's like obviously it's such an, from an older era. Like, there's not much footage. There's not much this and that. But it's like he was the definition of an enigma. Just a guy that like you you think you'd read about in fairy tales or something like that. Hey man, so, you got to give him his respect. Missed a hundred point game. When you average 50 points and 20-plus rebounds for a season, I have nothing else to say. <laughs> I'm done. Right. There you go. There you go. All right. That's the last game I have for you. Do you have one more for me? You know, we'll run through this one since. I know okay. we're up against it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, All right. Let's do it. So I'm going to give you two players mm-hmm. and their numbers. Okay. And I want you to pick which one's resume you rather have. All right? Okay. This is like a guess A, like player A, player B type of thing. Exactly. Like so, it. Okay. Player A's career averages, 25 points, four rebounds, seven assists on 44, 37, and 90% shooting, seven-time All-Star, seven-time All-NBA, Rookie of the Year, and an NBA Top 75 player. Player B, okay. 23, four, and six, 47, 39, 89 shooting splits, eight-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA, also Rookie of the Year, but this guy has a championship. You're taking player A? Or are you taking player B? Can you, uh, what were the, um, not the numbers, the accomplishments afterwards, like all-star, NBA, all-NBA stuff. Can you repeat that? Yeah, seven-time all-star, seven-time all-NBA. They yep. were both rookie of the years, but player yep. A is a top 75 player of all time. Okay. Uh, player B, eight-time all-star, three-time all-NBA, and an NBA champ as well as rookie of the year. Okay, but he's not top 75. Not a top 75. Okay. So, I mean, the one big difference here is the ring, but it's like, how much weight did this guy carry, like, as far as winning that ring? Like, was obviously the, this guy sounds like he was a phenomenal player, but was he like a catalyst in winning that ring, or was this like later in his career? Like, you know, there's a lot of things to factor. I think, though, I think winning a ring, though, is carries a lot of weight. And if it's one ring, I feel like it was either a big ring or it was like later in the career ring. But I'm going to say, oh, I'm uh, I want to take the second one player B, but I'm going to take player B. I'm going to take player B. You don't lose here. That's the good thing, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, both these guys have incredible resumes. So player A. Is Damian Lillard. 
Can Wait. I take a guess who player two is? Of course. Is it Kyrie? It damn sure is it Kyrie. It is Kyrie. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I kind of had a, I had a funny feeling that I had a funny feeling that those are the two guys. See, like, okay, now that I know, I'm totally fine picking Kyrie because Kyrie's the top 75 player of all time. Let's let's just be honest here. I, like, no disrespect to Damian Lillard, but if I had to pick one of these guys to be top 75, I'm picking Kyrie. Like, both of them deserve to be on it. I'm not saying Damian doesn't, but, like, Kyrie is the top 75 player of all time. There's, there's no question. There is no question about that. Hey, I know for one thing, he better be on that top 100 list in 25 years, baby. Bro, and if, he, and if he's not, then there's there's something out. They're, they're out for him because that's ridiculous. So now now for the next game, same exact game, player okay. A and player B. Yep. I have two puppies, two, let's see. Young guys. Youngins? Yeah, they, they, they're literally both about to enter year four. They were part of the same. Oh, shit. Game. Okay. So, player A, 23 points per game. Oh, actually, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's this season. Let's talk about their career. Sorry. Okay. Yep. So player A. 19 points per game, six rebounds, seven assists, 42, 37, and 82% shooting splits, and one rookie of the year, and was also a one-time All-Star. Okay. Player B, 16, three rebounds, eight assists, 47, 40, and 85% shooting splits, Mm -hmm. was a one-time All-Star as well, well, and also made an all-rookie team. So... Player hmm. A, player B. They both just started their careers. Yep. No wrong answer here, but people probably will judge you regardless. But take your staff. <laughs> Naturally. I mean, player A has better all-around numbers. Um, player B uh, seems to be – what were the shooting splits again? Can I ask what the shooting splits were? I feel like player B sounded a tad bit more – a little bit more efficient. Absolutely. Player A yeah. shooting splits 42, 37, and 82. Okay. Player B, 47, 40, and 85. Okay, so not 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 too crazy. I mean, uh, I'm a slut for a good all-around player, bro. I love a player that gives you a little bit of everything. You know what I mean? That can score the rock, but can also get you those rebounds and assists as well. I mean, this other guy's eight assists isn't, I mean, that's, that's no joke either. Um... You know, I'm trying to, like, I'm putting too much, like, thought into, like, who these guys are. Like, that's what I'm, like, I'm trying to think, like, oh, who who could they be? I think I'm going to roll with, I think I'm going to roll with player, I'm going to roll with player A. I'm going to pick player A. I, I like the all-around game a little bit more. I know player B is a tad bit more Fisher, and he has those eight assists. He sounds like he's a very good team player. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go player A. I'm curious who these guys are though. Oh no, yeah, for sure, man. Player A is actually someone I have the privilege of watching every night once the season starts back up. Lamelo Ball, baby. Lamelo Ball, okay. So yes, he does have an all around floor game. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. More of a volume score than player sure. B, who sure. happens to be Tyrese Halliburton. Ooh, damn! Those are two good comparisons. Yeah, I mean, like. They're both amazing in their own right. I mean, they're both incredible playmakers. Um, I think LaMelo Ball has more of a bag than Tyrese Halliburton for sure. Um, Damn. All right. Solid. All right. So LaMelo Ball, and then I picked – and then I had Kyrie Irving for the first one. I'll take it. I didn't lose. I I lose. Both both options for both games were pretty solid. You know, I didn't set you up a failure here. 
Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's not like you were giving me LaMelo and then a, like a late first-round guy or something like that. That If I did pick him, then it would have been a whole roast session. You just ruined your franchise and set him back. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not like that. <laughs> Love it. All right, word. Well, that that's that's it. That those are our games. That's our TikTok session. That's our YouTube short section. I think that's that's episode four, Jerry. I think that's episode four. Sitting courtside. Do you have anything you want to throw in, tell these fans before we head out? Nah, man, nothing but just get ready for football season. I know this is yes. a basketball pride program oh. podcast here. Sorry, I can't talk, but I am <laughs> hype for this football stuff that's about to come in, man. So fancy you know football, bro. When it's fantasy football season, I am uh it's hard to get a hold of me. Yeah. I have I have a draft on September third and September fourth. I have the number one overall pick in the fourth on the fourth. So I can spoiler alert take a Justin Jefferson. Hell yeah. Um, bro, I mean I mean oh shout out to Justin Jefferson, Vikings fan over here. I, I didn't even didn't even think about that. Yeah, Justin Jefferson uh, one of the best players in the league. I think he is the safest. If anyone here uh, plays fantasy football and you have a top pick, you have a number one pick, Justin Jefferson is the safest guy to take, and I don't think there's really much debate there. But if you're looking to take a running back, instead of CMC, I would actually go with Austin Eckler. Just, you know, just... Hey, hey, guess who won me a championship last year, Jerry? I'm guessing it's Austin Eckler. <laughs> Mr. Austin Eckler. So, no, he. I have him in my good graces. I love Mr. Austin Eckler. Um, but thank you guys so much for watching episode four. Please make sure to check out all the other videos on this platform. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, check out our shorts, all this and that. Um, you can also listen to this on audio platforms as well. If you don't want to watch us, so you can listen to it. So you're, you're driving to work, driving home from work, whatever it may be, or on at everything, Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, we are there. You can follow me and Jerry on our personal socials. They are on the screen like they have been this entire episode. Thank you guys again for watching, and we will see you for episode five. Peace.